assuming my house does not fall down in this windstorm, I actually like the power flickered a couple of times while we were recording the flagship show, so I'm surprised it lasted that long. Um, we will finish the Q&A show. Last week we did it as my computer was dying. I have my computer plugged in this week, so we are good. My name is Joe Fortunato. This is Off the Post, where we answer your questions about the New York Rangers. Um, I am not joined by Mike. He is having oral surgery because he blew his vocal cords out or something because of CACO. But uh, I am joined again by Adam Herman. The one and the only. Adam, welcome back. Yes, hello. Um, get ready. Th- this show usually gets weird. The flagship is pretty straightforward, but the, uh, the Q&A show yep. gets, gets a little bizarre. Uh, let me go to the beginning because there are rules. We're not allowed to answer questions, um, or we're not allowed to read questions beforehand. So here we go. Matt M., coolest Finnish hockey name. Uh, like you fucking know, I can't say names. He is. <laughs> I love it. Great question. Capo Caco, okay. Timo Solani or Yerky Lume. Ah uh, yes. J Y R K I L U M M E. I happen to like Capo Caco. I think it's just a lot of. I mean, the there's a lot of Timo Solani. Like that doesn't even really fit for. Like it's it's not. There's nothing crazy about that. No. It's got to be Capo Caco. I mean, it's got to be Rootsalainen. Is that your selection? Yes. He wasn't even given three, as an option. With Kako. Yeah, and Yerky Loom. Who is that? Uh, he was a defenseman. I think. I think he was on the Coyotes. Let's see. Let's see. We're gonna elite prospects this right now on the show. Terrible podcasting. We're starting right. early. He was on the Coyotes for three years. On this one, I'd be pretty impressed if you no, knew that. that Ninety-four Canucks team. I'm not gonna lie. He was born in '66, so you have no way of knowing that he was on the. Co- he was on the fucking Coyotes for two, three years. Look at you! Wow, he had a pretty good year for one Played of them. Played a lot of NHL 2000. I'm actually really impressed with you right now. I had no idea who that fucking guy was. Yeah, well, yeah, man. Just further proof, I have no life. That's why you're here, uh, Felipe Ghostine. If the Rangers are the first overall pick, okay. So there. Are, okay, let me preface this. Um, we're not going to ruin Adam's draft rankings. So we're yeah. going to answer. I'm, I guess, allowed to answer these sure. questions because I have no say in the draft rankings. Um, but just to let you know our stance on that, because there is, I guess, some dispute about who will be at the top. Um, so if the Rangers are the first overall pick, should they take Hughes or Kako? Honestly, I really like Kako, and I think he will have the most impact right away and be the best player in the future, too, but that's hard to predict. What do you guys think? Um, I'm going to say Hughes is the top prospect. So if I had the first overall pick, I would take Jack Hughes. That said, I have a funny feeling that if that if the Devils take Hughes, Kako fits into what David Quinn wants to do a little bit more because he's a fucking ox as an 18-year-old, and his style is a very much so attack-the-net style of hockey, and that is exactly what David Quinn wants to do. Like, Kako is dominating physical battles in Liga, like a professional men's league right now as an 18-year-old. That said, number one centers are really, really hard to find. So, do you have a vague, you want to give like a vague answer to this question? Well, one thing I'll say about, well, first let me say that, you know, I, I don't want to spoil the content for May, but that being said, 
you know, as we said on the previous podcast, like it's it's so close right now, and the upcoming U18s where Hughes is playing in the upcoming World Championship where Kako is expected to play, like that could change it. So even if I did have an answer right now, it you know what I actually put out on, uh, for the draft rankings, number one could be a different player. Um, for Hughes, I, I will say this. I, like clearly Kako um, is in terms of size alone is, is more NHL ready in terms of that aspect of the game. But you know, Hughes is, he, uh, if he played in Europe this season, he would have, he would have crushed it, you know? Um, so I don't particularly hold that against him or, or, it's good that we saw that from Kako, but that's not something I, I hold against Hughes per se. I think he would have done just as well in, in Europe this year if he had played there. Interesting. You think he would have had as much of an impact, even yeah. though he's a smaller he's, body? With that open ice, you know, obviously worse players to start with, um, not than the USHL, but not the NHL level. And all that open ice, like the way he would just skate through the neutral zone, it would be impossible to defend him and his vision. Yeah, I think he would have done very well. Hmm, interesting. Um, Kyle Brandau. Assuming Winnipeg's pick falls into the 20 to 25 range, do you think the Rangers trade up with that pick to grab a guy that's falling? If they do keep the original pick, who's a realistic option to pick in that range? Um, we can kind of avoid the second half of that question just again. It, yeah. it, there's a lot of factors that go into. Um, you don't know who's going to – like. You know, Keandre Miller was falling last year. Dominic Bach was falling last year. You have no idea who, yeah. not to say that he will, but Trevor Zegris maybe falls into the mid-teens or Caulfield or who knows who. So yeah. it's yeah. harder to do it from that standpoint. But what I will caution you with, let's assume Winnipeg's pick is 20. That pick plus even say like the, I don't know, the very first second round pick the Rangers have, which is a very high second round pick, that's not going to get you into the top 10. No, I don't think so. That's going to that's get you into the teens more than likely. So yeah. Um, yeah. you would have to, re- like, and again, if Zegris is at 12 and for some reason, you know, you're able to make that type of a trade, fine. No questions asked on that one. But again, there's such a crapshoot this, this year where. Once the first 10 names come off the board, pretty much everybody's sort of in the same, you know, tier. I think that's fair to say, no? Um, yeah, it's a bit more nuanced than that. But well, sure, but I'm like, sense, yeah, like there are players who can go 13th overall or who could go 30th. It's just it's so wide open. And, you know, if we know one thing about the Rangers, it's that for better or worse, they have they have their guys that they love, and they will they will get their guys if they 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 can help it. So, if they have a guy that they really love who's at 14th overall, yeah, I think they're going to try to try to make something happen. And knowing that you have Kako in the back in the bag too, does and same disclaimer that I gave before the flagship, we're, we're saying Kako. We could be talking about Kako or Hughes. Or Hughes. It doesn't. There's no. Right now, we're assuming the Devils are going to take Hughes at one. Sure. Um, knowing that, the Rangers may be willing to say, you know what, I'd rather have two, you know, an A-plus prospect and an A-prospect than an A-plus and, you know, two B-minuses. Who knows? Yeah, and also, you look at, you know, how many draft picks they had last year and then this year and then and then the year after. Like, they can afford that, right? Like, we can debate the general philosophy of, of trading up at the draft in certain places, but... For the Rangers, they have the quantity. So, purely as a you know, in theory, sure they could afford to 
spend an asset or two to move up to a spot if they find it you know if a guy they love has has dropped Hmm, i like that answer it's another thing that you know caco or hughes kind of changes it it just makes the rangers a little bit more flexible in that regard um fish jesus this is a bit this is a question that i've gotten a million times um what do you see as the odds that the rangers will go off the board with their second overall pick so that means not hughes or caco yeah I mean, like, until the pick is in, who knows, right? Like, I, I remember Carson Palmer, the quarterback for the Bengals. Like, he was the sure thing number over number one pick, and, like, to the point that he had agreed to a contract with the Bengals before the draft even began. And, like, he was still nervous, like, when the Bengals were on the board because, like, you just, you just don't know until you know, you know? But I, I, I think it would be absolutely stunning. I know the Rangers have built up a bit of a reputation the last few years for just kind of being zany and taking weird picks, but I don't think they're going to try to be clever here. I think everyone knows there are two players and you know, in this draft and they're going to get one of them. It, it would be, I'm trying to think of like, uh, like you never say never. Right. But I am 99.9999999% sure that the Rangers aren't going off the board here. Right, um, yeah. there's, there's, it's too, it, there's such a gap between one and two and, you know, three in the rest of the group that, yeah, like, it, like the Kravstoff thing over Wallstrom where the Rangers look like geniuses today, a year out yeah. is it's not, it would not even be on that level of a, of no, a reach. And, and even Anderson, like it's not, and they took Anderson, there are better prospects available, but it wasn't like there was just one guy sitting there that was just the no-brainer obvious pick who was so ahead of everyone else, and they just screwed up, right? Like, even there, there is some plausible deniability. I, I just, I don't see it. It's, it's, it's never say never, but it's just. So I, I hard get to why play. you're afraid. Yeah, sure. But I wouldn't worry about it on this one. Um, Jamie Bussold, hey guys, great show. Assuming we take Kako, what are the weakness, weakest parts of his game? I've already has no red flags, but interested to hear your thoughts on this. I'm going to say speed. Yeah, sure. And like, we need to like make the disclaimer that like when we're talking about weaknesses in his game, we're we're talking about relatively speaking. So you know like for him it's not that he's a bad skater but that compared to other parts of his game which are elite his skating's just kind of like a b minus right now which is still like that's fine right um so that's one thing his defensive game you know on on one hand at the world juniors he was killing penalties for for finland um so he's not you know this isn't like some, you know, coasting winger who just is offensive he he you know cares I think just the tactics of it and such, which like, look for better or worse, like if there's one thing Quinn's going to get on his case about if and when he's drafted and, and in the lineup, it's, he's going to, he's going to make sure we saw with Buchnevich, we saw with Heedle, like Quinn doesn't care how good you are offensively. He's going to make sure you're paying your dues on, on defense. Um, so that doesn't really concern me. Like he cares, he plays a hard game. So it's just kind of about, the nuances of learning where where to be on the ice and how to do certain things, you know, I think he'll get there. I think that's a great answer. It's so. it's easy to be like overhyped in these situations, and it's yeah. really important, like we said on the flagship, to make the distinction between generational and franchise changing player. And mm-hmm. listen, Kako or Hughes would bring 
a level of player to the team that we have not seen in a really long time. Like, I've been in a good mood just thinking about what these guys bring to the table. Yeah, sure. it's hard not to be like it's you're it's so much more exciting to be a Rangers fan today than it was two weeks ago because the whole ship ball that was that season was justified. Every yeah. aspect of it was justified when the Rangers won the lottery and they moved up to second overall. So the rate but like by the same token, you're not getting McDavid and that's no. OK. No, but I, I think the beauty of it is that like. And this like when like I guess Longquist, but like there's Hughes or Kako, like they're gonna get a player that like we can say okay for the next at least ten years, like this is will be his spot in the lineup, like he will be here for that long length of time, and like one fewer roster spot to worry about for a decade, and I, I just think that's such an incredible benefit for the team who has been just so used to you know whether it was Richards or Nash or Gabrick or who you know whoever it's just been these like three to five year spans at best. This is a guy that just they don't even have to worry about one roster spot for a decade, and that's such a huge help. It really is, and it's not something that we've been able to to think. No, just like Lundqvist, really, that's it. And, and Lundqvist, again, that's a that's a really good point. Lundqvist has been the rock that is on the, the New York Rangers. Like, he was always something you can count on. And as we move towards mm-hmm. this, this time where that's no longer going to be the case, yeah, you do like, get another foundational piece that you can just plug in, not at goaltending, but who, who knows? Maybe you know Shostorkin or Georgiev becomes that player. But yeah, like that's the thing is like, look, could Shostorkin be that guy? Could could you know could Kravtsov be that guy? Could Heedle? Um, like, could they be that just fixture that you don't have to worry about? Yeah, they they could, but Kako's a guarantee, or Hughes is a guarantee. Those guys, like, there's optimism for sure, but we can't count chickens before they hatch in that regard. But with Kaku and Hughes, you absolutely like barring some freak, you know, occurrence, like just, it would be mind blowing. Like that's a guy for sure. He will be, you know, Hughes or Kaku. They will be that, that those players. My daughter is not happy over there. Mm. Um, Josh Zarkin, this Adam, this is a question for you. Would you rather never be able to listen to your favorite band's music ever again, or only be able to listen to half the catalog of every group? Oh man. Well, like, do I get to pick the half? No, let's say it's it random. Like a random generator. It's random. Oh man. I, I have to pick the latter just because like you're telling me I can never listen to the Beatles again. Like oof. That's like we're talking a hundred songs off my playlist at least, like that I like if it's that. Um which I guess is true the other case, but just the Beatles are so transformative. Yeah, so I'm going to say just half of every every catalog. I have no answer to this question because I really don't. I have, like, no affiliation to bands what? whatsoever. What does that yeah, mean? I, like, I love music, but that's it. I don't I, – I love Rascal Flats, but, oh, like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll listen to anything. doesn't matter. Give me some Taylor Swift. Do me some Rascal Flats. You will not listen to everything. I, there's really very few things. I, I've there's some songs I don't hate from Nickelback. Yes, but you don't have like a band that just like resonates with you. Not really. You're no a psychopath. Well, I mean, why? It's music. Music is music. There's no like no band speaks to me. Like, ugh, I'm not the same after I listen to that album. It doesn't. That's not. It's just not something that drives. I just me. Don't think deeply enough, then, man. I, I guess I don't know. Like I've never seen the value really in like going to a concert 
and I, oh I get a, I get like this a lot where people are like, well, what's the point of going to like a Ranger game? And there's the, there's an emotional connection there for me with hockey that just isn't there really for, you know, I saw Keith Urban a couple of months oh ago. My God, it gets worse. You don't like Keith Urban? You're a oh. goddamn monster. The man is a performer, oh, Adam. Wow. You're not. You're not. Your palate is not refined enough for Keith Urban. You don't deserve him. Okay. okay. Right. You're, you're just. That's Kalen is crying right now because of you. Yeah. You hear that, James sure. Taylor? You're gonna shit on James Taylor too, you son of a bitch. Yeah, James Taylor is great. Yeah, James Taylor's the man. Been to a couple of his concerts. Yeah, that's, you that's, just basically that's equated him to Nickelback because, for in your mind, it's just all the same. Uh, I would say there's like band, like I think James Taylor is more talented than Nickelback is, if that makes sense. Oh my god! No, I don't know what I want. Yeah, I don't know what you want me to tell you. This is just is what it is. I just you're gonna get eviscerated. Like I may, I, I don't know. I'm going to I don't hide this. I don't hide this fact. I have no like. There's my nothing. Just like you're making it seem like I'm weird when in reality. No, I'm I'm definitely the outlier in this. Like f- with this point of view. But I don't think it's that weird that I don't like resonate with a band or a specific, you know, musician. It just is what it is for me. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, it could be, I guess. I've done crazier things. Um, Tim, the Timster 90. Do you guys think that maybe the Rangers are waiting on a new president to make decisions on personnel? Cough, Lindy, rough, cough. Or are we stuck with rough for the foreseeable future? Mm, I, th- I don't think so. Like, like I, like I said in the previous podcast, like a president's going to make his mark at some point, but like I don't think the organization's sitting on pins and needles waiting to see who the guy is so they can get a different assistant coach, right? Like Gorton's operating as expected. Like he just, you know, they they fired the entire Hartford staff. You know, they did that without a president. They're gonna make they they might make a, f- a number two overall selection amongst other selections without a president. Yeah, and I expect Jeff Gordon to be the GM at least through 2020, regardless of who becomes president. Um, so I, I don't think so. Um, I think other people, you know, are kind of holding their, their breath within the organization. Um, you know, we'll see. Like, I'm not advocating or um, protecting against dismissals of these people, but just as just a objective, it's objectively speaking that you know Jim Schoenfeld, Doug Risbro, Gordy Clark. Um, you know, other people like these have been, these those were Glenn Sather people, um, for better or worse. You know, I'm not either saying either way. Just that, that that's a fact. Those were mainstays who were Glenn Sather's hires and have been around a while. And will a new president like we're not talking about small time positions in the organization? Those are big guys who are in the war room. You know, influencing big decisions. You know, those are pl- people who might be you know immediate victims. Um, again, for better or worse, of, of a new president, those are guys I think we're more thinking about um, in regards to, you know, what kind of immediate impact a president might have. There are a lot of decisions that are going to come with the new president, and a lot of people who are down on Gordon and, you know, even Quinn, like just the sort of the insanity that exists there, you're not going to make any of those bigger decisions before you bring in a new president, right? You need to bring yeah. in a president. You let him make those decisions. If Jeff Gordon is on his way out, it's going to be because Davidson or Yeiserman wants to bring his own guy in, not because you're firing him now preemptively so yeah. that you can start fresh. It's just not the way that this works. So... Yeah. 
I would really think that you're not like to me. Firing Lindy Ruff is not like uh, it's not a big enough decision that they'd be like, oh, you know, what? we need to wait and see what yeah, the new president right. says. Firing a guy like Jeff Gordon, and again, not that the Rangers are want to or anything, that's a totally different animal. You know what I mean? Like that's a decision that you absolutely have to let the president yeah. make. That's something that you have to, you know, have the consent of him if you're talking about the head coach that you just hired. But Lindy Ruff, like Lindy Ruff, means nothing to this organization at this point. There yeah. is no, there's nothing that he's kind of, you know, holding on to here. No, and a president's not going to be like, whoa, you know, like I'm not sure I want the job now that you fired Lindy Ruff. You know, that's that's non-material. It's immaterial. Um, the thing about Gordon that I think is interesting, um, and again, I'm just kind of taking a neutral stance here. I'm just you know, speaking to the situation and not taking a stance, but he hasn't really been had the chance to be have a team, like have his team, because the contending years, or, that, or, or pseudo contending years, however you want to call it, where you know, 16, 17, 18, um, those were, that was Glenn Sather's roster. I mean, obviously, Gordon had a big influence, but he was not the ultimate decider of, of things on that roster. And then now, obviously, you know, it's kind of in the uh, planning stage of things. It's not the stage where, you know, this is the team and this is what I'm trying to win with yet. So he hasn't, you know, he hasn't really had a chance yet. And it would, I don't think it would be the worst thing ever if he was fired. Like, I would not be like, wow, this was a horrible decision that, you know, why would you do this? I don't think he deserves to be fired particularly either, though. Like, he, like I said, he just hasn't had that chance to, you know, be like, this is my team and here's what I put out and, you know, evaluate me now. So I think it'll be kind of interesting to see what a new president does with that because he can't just say like, all right, well, this is Gordon's track record, so we're keeping him or this is Gordon's track record, so we're firing him. It's kind of that like no man's land area. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. And there are bigger decisions that the president is going to have to make. Like Adam said, they're going to be talking about the role of analytics. They're going to be talking about how much you know in depth the Rangers get with their drafting and their scouting. And there's a million different things that you don't yeah. think about on a day to day basis that the president of a team does. And it's just something that like there are bigger decisions that are going to be made than the fate of Lindy Ruff. That's that's really yeah. what it comes down to. Um, Donovan Carr, speaking of scouting, do you think under the new president there will be an extensive change in the scouting department or any at all? Do you think there should be? Adam, I'll leave that one to you as you're the expert. Um, yeah, and yes and no. Like we think when we think of scouting, we tend to think of amateur draft, which is it makes sense, right? Right, but. Their pro scouts like have barely changed. I think that they hired Steve Eminger recently, but other than that, it's been like the same few guys, like including I think say their son. Um, I think we could see changes to the pro scouting department, um, and then yeah, I'm sure like uh, yeah, they're gonna bring in. That's just kind of the natural life cycle of the NHL, even without new presidents and such, right? Like, just scouts go in and out. They're kind of um, not major. They're replaceable commodities. Yeah, I think a president's going to no, not fought, not clean house. I don't think, but yeah, changes will be made. Um, and you know, even if not like because he wants to, like Gordy Clark is getting up there, right? Like he's how old is he? Let me look. He's sixty six, turning sixty seven in in a month and a half. Um, so we're not exactly talking about someone who's going to be around, you know, doing this job for, you know, decades, right? Like at some point he's going to, you know, probably, you know, hand the title to someone else. Um, so, so yeah, there will be changes for sure. 
Um, do there do there need to be? I think is a more interesting question. Uh, the Rain- there were scout drafting teams in the Rangers, and there there are better ones. Um, you know, so I, can they do better? Sure. Is it something that I think absolutely has to change? Um, I think philosophies have to change, but in terms of the personnel doing the scouting, uh, I, I think it's okay right now. It's an interesting answer because I think a lot of people have been really upset with the Rangers drafting of late and some of the, I guess, bigger misses, if you will. And we keep going. Everybody goes back to like McElrath over uh, Tarasenko and all yeah. that nonsense. But you're going to have hits and you're going to have misses. I mean, yeah. listen, the Rangers had a great first round last year and then they completely sort of botched the rest of the draft. So, yeah, there, you know, there what, is what's interesting. Uh, what's interesting is that if you not all the misses, but I, I would say a majority like McElrath and, and, and Ryan Gropp and just a lot of other missed picks. A lot of it was WHL scouting, and those guys have been long. They were canned a while ago. So, you know, does it make sense to punish the current group for mistakes of previ- of a previous group of scouts? Like, they have a lot of new scouts. Um, so we're really talking more about the last, you know, three or four drafts um, for, for them. All right, M. D'Alessio, and I may need you. I'm going to grab my daughter so she stops crying. So yeah. I'm going to need you to answer this while I go grab her. Sure. Um, I have read slash heard many pundits state that Capo is more NHL ready today, but Hughes is the better scorer and more talented. If the Devils go cute and try to go Capo at number one, would Hughes need a year of NCAA or Hartford, or is the NHL ready? You know, this year with us. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I think Hughes is ready. You know, I think. The, th- the thing with scouting is that um, what happens when there's a consensus number one overall is that I think people like the idea of being the smartest person in the room and, and you know, being clever. Um, and what happens then is that um, scouts start looking for flaws in players. Um, so I think that's what started to happen with Hughes is that he was just this obvious great player who does so many thing wha- things well. So scouts don't feel like they're doing their job on him if they just write a basic report saying, hey, this guy's great. They have, you know, they feel the need to look for, you know, those flaws. Does he have some? Sure. He needs to work on his defensive coverages. He needs to get a bit bigger. But, uh, you know, look, he will hardly be, be the first sub six foot player. And look, we're not talking about a five six, five seconds, five seven forward. He's, I think, five ten, five eleven. Uh, and he's so good at evading contact. Um, it'll be an adjustment, but I, I don't think there's any doubt, you know, that he's going to be an NHL player next year for sure. I, I can't see anything more than, you know, kind of that Buchnevich situation where he would spend a, you know, a weekend or two in Hartford just to get ice time in if he was, you know, low on ice time. Um, that's possible maybe, but, you know, I, I see him playing at worst 70, 75 games next season. So not concerned about that. Thank you for covering for me. She's now with me. Angry, but she's here. Uh, all right, this is a big question. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's from our very own hockey stat miner. This is going to be In so a- dumb. What'd you say? It's going to be so dumb. I just know it. In a one-on-one fight to the death with I your evil it. clone. You ready for th- you ready for that one-liner? Yeah. You have the choice between a nine-inch knife or a wooden Louisville slugger. Whichever weapon you choose, the clone gets the other weapon. Mm. Which weapon would you rather have? <sighs> now, this is Evil Adam. Remember that. There's a lot of people who think that regular Adam is Evil Adam. It's not true. I've never been in a fight in my life. 
Okay. I think that's kind of crazy. Never once? No. Huh. Okay. Like, not even something that would closely resemble a fight, either. I find that hard to believe, but okay. So now you have a clone, and he's pissed. As a (laughs) first-degree black belt in Taekwondo, I would tell you that... Reach is very, very important. I was just gonna say, like, I probably take the bat. Just because, and like, like, the knife is is deadlier, but the clone can't really get near you if you could smash his goddamn head in with the bat. Like yeah, as he comes, and, like, at you with also the knife. like even if he got the first one in, like unless it's directly to the heart, like if he if he stabs me in you know the, the hip or the thigh or something, like I can survive that. But if I just club him with a bat. Like that's a blow. Like you know yeah, I mean? I'm like. Plus, you can break his arm with the bat if you had to. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. just. I'm really thinking you go with the reach on this one, because you kind of it, it just. He has yeah. to get so close to you with a knife. You know what I mean? Like we always learned, I even mean, in like, karate, you know, like, like somebody's robbing you with a knife, they have to be there. You know what I mean? They have to be like within striking range. So yeah, I, mean, I think like, you got to go back. Like I just think of like <laughs> samurais and stuff, right? Like none of them were using daggers. Like some of them had like I don't even know what they're called, but like those long sticks that they would like twirl around and like you know what I mean? I do a staff of sorts. Yeah, you know what I mean just like I, I, it just has to be the better weapon. Yeah, you got to go. You got to go reach. You don't. There's no choice on that one. Um, but that was a good question, Mika. Even though Adam predicted it. Um, Shesty, otherwise known as Ranger Avocado. Do you think Kreider gets traded or stays? And does winning the second overall pick change your thoughts on that? We sort of touched on it in the flagship. I think I said that it gives the Rangers a little bit more flexibility. Specifically, if the Rangers get Kako, you are dealing with another winger. Then they had Panarin and Kravstov, and you do have a lot of flexibility, I guess, there. But, Adam, if you want to take a -a crack-a-lack at this one. What? What? Yeah, man, take the crackalack. Oh my god! Just like okay. Capo Caco, crackalack. Nope. nope. You even responded to this question with that is an interesting one for sure. That was a great question, and I, so then take the crackalack, man. Has to be included. Just like crackling, the fucking it's like a pork product, right, I believe. Talking. Okay. You just fry so, up the pork. Crackling. So crackle. That is, like I said in the previous podcast, and and in my article I wrote a few days ago about how it, you know Huser's Kako influences the depth chart. I think that's the most interesting aspect because the Rangers need scorers, right? And that's what Kreider brings. But Kako's a guy who can score forty goals in the NHL, and so I is he? Does he have that good of a shot? We're not talking like Ovechkin Stamkos. No, no, no. I don't. I don't even mean it like that. But like, could yeah. could could Kako be a forty point, a forty goal guy? Yeah, for sure. He could. Could he be like a hundred point guy? He's a guy like you're passing to on the power play. Like, he's the guy that you're trying to like set up for a shot above the circles in the power play. And then he also just like his size. He has that Nash like ability to just like drive the net with the re- with his reach and like strong legs because he's just so hard to defend. I think I'm not saying I'm not making promises, but he definitely has that 40 goal potential. Um, Sounds like a promise to me. Sounds like your evil clone will be there in the event Uh, that he does not score as much as he's supposed to. Yeah. So I I think that makes it easier to trade Kreider. Um, Even if it's Hughes, I just, when we're talking about their windows and the cap space they're going to need in the future, I, 
I know it sucks, and like kind of the shame of it is that Kreider's prime never aligned with the Rangers window. Like, he, yeah, he was. He was. He also uh, never hit his potential, and, and this, that's no, coming from somebody who thinks that Kreider was an incredibly valuable player. Just, like, like, picture like in 2014 or 2015, if you had this version of Kreider, like he was still a good player then, but like, picture this guy, like that 30 goal guy, who just was an elite net front net front presence. Um, like that might have cha- that might make or break a cup right there. If it, it's just. You know, and then, you know, we're talking about the next window. Like, what's your most optimistic timetable? Like, when do you think the Rangers can be, again, a top six, seven team in the NHL? Like, best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, probably what? Best case scenario would be two years. And that's, yeah. like, ridiculously best case scenario. Yeah, and that's, like, best case. Like, everything goes right. Well, you did say like, best case. Best case scenario, two yeah, years. Like, he'll be 30 at that point. Right, like we know, players tend to decline around twenty seven, twenty eight. That's best case scenario. If it's not best case, then we're like talking early thirties. Um, you know, so I, I just don't know. If the other thing with Kreider that I think is really important to note is that Chris Kreider is a speed player, and Father Time is undefeated. You may stave him off for a little bit, but he yeah. always wins. I mean, he's in great shape, but he, and that, that's not even the point. But like when Kreider loses that step be it 30, 31, or 35, yeah. he's going to be a drastically different player than he is right now. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, if you could guarantee, like, again, a team like the Maple Leafs can think, you know what, we're going to sign Kreider to six years and, and hope we win a cup in the first three years of that contract. Yeah. You can think mm-hmm. that way. The Rangers, it, it's a much more difficult conversation. And again, like, the, this is coming from somebody who Chris Kreider was my favorite prospect. Yeah. Like, he was the first truly hyped prospect that came up through the Rangers system. And, uh, again, he came up during the social media era. Like, as the social media was exploding, it was just we'd never gotten those views of players like that before. And I think it might be in the team's best interest to move on from him. That's all. That's kind of the shitty thing about it is that he's just such a great player. But Yeah. that's, That's life. That's hockey in 2019. It is it is what it is. Uh, Doughboy9000. This is more of a Joe Mike thing, but uh, I will allow you to take part in it. Um, on Kaylin's laughing because mommy's here. And she's, she's in some laughing trouble. because you have a Joe Mike thing. Well, Joe Mike have lots of things. Yep. So um, pl- please comment on the Florida cassowary murder death kill. To explain where this is coming from, I'm going to say maybe episode 30 of the show. And I meant to say that uh, the flagship episode that you and I did was episode 150. So we've done more shows than that. I think we've done like... uh, Oh, actually, I'm sorry. It was episode 150 of the show, period. It was episode like 139 or 35 or something of the flagship. But our 150th episode, like episode 30... Me, Mike, and Beth did like a what is the most deadly bird yeah. thing, and Castleberry was the winner. It's like a, a more powerful ostrich, yeah. and I, I have no idea how this is true, but a man, a, a 75-year-old man in Florida, of course, um, a, a Castleberry is described as a rare emu-like bird. It attacked and killed its Florida owner. So it literally looks like if a like a turkey and a 
and the, like an ostrich had a baby, but while one of them was pregnant, it like injected it with steroids. Yeah. So uh, they can grow more than five feet tall. Females can weigh up to 160 pounds. They have ridiculous claws. They can jump seven feet into the air. Skilled swimmer. It could defy and fend off all threats. It is a flightless bird, but it can fuck you up. And it can run 31 miles per hour. Why would you have this as a pet? Each three-toed foot has a dagger-like claw that is up to four inches long. Yeah, why would you? Why would I, you I have no idea why you would have it as a pet. How, how do you get one? I, that is, the, the man's name was Marvin Hyos. Harvos, he's 75. Um, he made an initial call to 911. The second call came from another person who uh, reported an emergency involving a large bird. And uh, yeah, the man sadly passed away. I don't know how he had it. <laughs> I'm looking it up now. They're native to tro- <laughs> the tropical forests of New Guinea, East Nusa Tenggara, the Maluku Islands, and northeastern Australia. Yeah, Florida man kept one of the world's most dangerous birds as a pet. It's like, how do you get that into Florida? I Well, it's Florida. I mean, how hard could it be? <laughs> I mean, like. They have one at the San Diego Zoo, if that makes you well, feel any a better. Zoo. Well, even so, like, thing can jump seven feet tall, can run 31 miles per hour. You have to have a pretty high, it's a, like, what, an eight-foot fence? Actually higher, because the thing can peck you. It has, like, a horn on its head? Jesus Christ. This is insane. Wow. It, it can live up to 40 years in zoos and 19 in the wild, I'm assuming, because it just kills shit. Jesus. Yeah, this is, uh, oof. So anyway, that's what that was the question. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say this right now, Doughboy Nine Thousand. Thank you for listening to the show this long because that was a call. Like I'm talking, that could have been in the twenties. That episode, we're talking two, like 2016 level. Like actually, maybe even before that, it may have been 2015 because we did go on a sort of hiatus at one point. Yeah. Um, like we we were talking about the Keith Yandel trade around that time. So that's how far back that goes. Do you think that's a good way to die? Um I mean it's certainly a more memorable way to die. Like would you That's what I mean. Like like do you think that's He's seventy five. Let's not forget badass. that. It's not like he's a thirty year old man. Like if you're gonna die at seventy five, would you rather die by cassowary or by like heart attack? Right. That's what I mean. Like, but do you think that's like falls on the scale of like more embarrassing or like more badass? Because like we're not talking about like an alligator like I get it. Like I get what the bird is, but it, like, it's a bird. I guess a little bit of both. I mean, it, it's embarrassing to an extent because, like, how did you? What did you think was going to happen? But also, like, you're dead. So what does it matter at that point? Okay, so like, like one is like heart failure on a scale of one to ten. Like one is heart failure. Like just like no, sorry, that's wrong. Five is heart failure, right? Okay, and one, what is the scale of one? One is like death by like sex or like masturbation or something weird. Okay. And death and the 10 is like dying while like skydiving or something. Like and what, what like, is the scale? I'm sorry. It's like one is just like the most embarrassing way to die. Most embarrassing way to die. Five well, is but like, like if five you, is like heart failure, just like generic, like whatever. And then 10 is like something super badass. Like, like if you die from like sex, saving, that's not like embarrassing. Saving, that's saving awesome. orphans in front of like a tank or something or like skydiving or. If you know. heard that like your a loved one died, like an older loved one died from like over sex, like an 85 year old grandfather, I think that'd no, be pretty cool. I don't even just mean that though, like because that's like heart failure. Like I just yeah, mean, like, I guess you're right. Freak, some like freak sex accident. 
Where does this <laughs> fall on that scale? Like, is it like below five or above five? No, it's it, it, and above five is less embarrassing. Yes. Yeah, it's got to be below five just because it's like, why do you own a flightless bird that is literally bigger than you are? That's especially as a seventy-five-year-old man. Yeah. But it's kind of badass. It can be badass too. I guess it's it more is. interesting than heart failure, but I don't know if that's like more badass. It, it no, it's definitely badass. It's a it's a killer flightless bird that can jump seven feet high and can run thirty one miles per hour, and it was your pet. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's awesome. Like you took that risk. Hell yeah. I'm just saying, there's something special about that. All right, next question, uh, Hunter. Would the Rangers have any interest in flipping the Winnipeg pick into the top 10? Um, we kind of touched yeah. on this. I really think the only way the Rangers are getting into the top 10 is for Kreider. I think it's possible if, <laughs> not looking so great now, but if you get Tampa's 31st overall pick, their first round pick. Not looking, they, they may be eliminated by the time you listen to this. Yeah, or Dallas is still there. Um, can you flip two firsts into the top 10? Even still, that's like a maybe like, and like by maybe I mean towards the no end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like to get there, like we said, it's gotta be Kreider. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, can you think of any other ideas? I, I don't think I can. Not re unless, and again, you, you remember that when you're tr let's do a very quick glance of the top 10 of the draft, right? The only team I see here who you could legitimately talk into like, oh, you're just a piece away, is Chicago at three. You could probably talk into it, right? And Edmonton at eight because they're Edmonton. Could you get the third overall pick for Kreider? Probably not. I don't think so. Could you get the third overall pick for Kreider and like the twenty second overall pick? Probably. Do the Rangers want to do that? I don't. I don't know. I would probably do that. I I would probably do that too. But again, would you if you're Chicago? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if Chicago thinks that. Like, I think they know. Like, they have too many bad contracts right now, and like Kane, Taze, Keith, Seabrook are getting older. Crawford too. Like, they need that injection injection of young talent. So I think I don't think that's happening. They also need you know. And then the Oilers, who the fuck knows? Who I mean, you could uh, probably get eight for Kreider straight up, I would think, just because it's maybe, Edmonton. Maybe but Buffalo. again, who who knows? Buffalo at seven. I, the only way that I can really see that as happening is if Buffalo thinks they need Kreider to keep Skinner around or if they know Skinner's leaving and they want to, like – you know what I mean? They want to have like like the, like they just, like they fired Phil Housley, like their head coach. I think after one year. Because, like, no, I think it was like, two years. Was it? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Either way, like that's not a long time. No, not Either at all. Way, two years. Uh, but like, that's right, bitch. But like, I, they're desperate to. I don't. Yeah, mean, and I, they I don't need mean it. at all costs desperate, but like, they want it. Like they did their rebuilding, right? Like they, it's t it's playoff time for them. Um, I think if you can like lock up Kreider to an extension like I'd rather have that than seventh overall if I'm a team that's like trying to like if I'm the Rangers no but like if I'm a team that's like trying to like be like all right like let's go it's time to win playoff series you know I, I would do that yeah 
Uh, it's again, it depends on what happens on draft day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Matt Schneider. Which player would be a better fit for the Rangers, Kako or Hughes? Yeah, I'm just going to keep coming back to the. You can't lose. Like, yeah, and I like that's not something like that matters. In ter- like you're you're building the rest of your roster around that. Like you're not making that choice based off of your roster. You're kind of you're going to get one of those players, and then you're going to go from there in terms of you know what do we need to do. Um, um f- franchise winner Capo Caco. Um, what do you think the Rangers could get out of the Hurricanes for Georgiev, seeing as Shostorkin is coming over and Carolina needs a full-time goalie for the future? Like, I get why people are asking this. Like, it's a totally fair question. My thing is, like, if you're a different NHL team, how confident are you in Georgiev? You know what I mean? Like, like, like we're the talking. Rangers and we're not even that confident. In right. Him. Like, not that we're not confident in him, but, you and know. And if you are confident in him, why are you trading him? Because right. like we don't like we're hopeful about Shostorkin, but like they're twenty three. We know how volatile goalies are, and like he hasn't played a game in North America yet. Like, um, so like I I just don't I don't see a team paying the price. Like if a team offers up a second round pick, I think like at that point you're just like okay, fine. Like that's an easy way to solve this problem. Like we get a good draft pick fine but like i i don't see them getting that i see them maybe getting a, a late third right now for your for your mm. he just doesn't and have it, that clout right and at that point why are you doing that yeah. in the first place he made his goalies are voodoo you don't know what you're gonna get um gray market hi joe and mike you're both equally lovely thank you odds well, av takes rough well you know well actually he should have known that you were coming onto the show so yeah um odds av takes rough with him to philly please say 100 percent was Ruff even like a Vigneault higher though? Kind of like the real connection there was Scott Arneal because right. they coached together in Buffalo. But now he's definitely in Vigneault's network, right? Like, uh, what are the and we know Vigneault doesn't like to go outside the box. I don't know. Like, there's just so many variables there. Like, number one, are the Rangers even going to fire Ruff? Like, because this is all pointless if not um number two is then like does ruff want to immediately go jump to another team as an assistant because like right or wrong like i'm sure in his mind like he doesn't envision spending the next 10 years 15 years as an assistant coach i think he wants to become a head coach somewhere um but you get stability if you go to philadelphia because you'd ha- he'd ha- he like he has to see the writing on the wall in new york he has to i mean like is there writing on the wall there should be of of course, but like, that's a darker has question. There been any indication, like Brooks? Brooks like was and like I think Brooks is a great writer, but I've never seen him like so bluntly state like a guy does not deserve his job. Like he usually offers kind of like a like here's what I think and like oh but maybe not and like maybe this and that. Like he was just like very clear like nope like he should be fired. But like that's Brooks. I don't. He wasn't saying anything about like what was going to happen in the organization. Like I don't think we've given been given any indication that like anyone in the Rangers organization has been unhappy with him. That doesn't mean they are. Uh, they aren't. But like there's just been no. It's just been us like kind of connecting the dots of like the Rangers defense has been horrible. Therefore, the Rangers have to see he should go. Right. Final question, Anthony 
Del Giante? We didn't really answer that, that though. Like, I'll, I'll say 25%. That yeah, he, I'm, I'm going to yeah. put it in like 5%. Um, do you find yourself just blurting out Capo Caco in the middle of the day just because it's so fun to say? I certainly have been doing that. In my head, uh, I do. I go, Capo Caco. Because, like... Don't do it. Again, don't. like, I just don't... Uh, it's just not a... I'm very concerned, like, what happens, right? Like, it's just, like, people are just, like have like literally like half the people in my mentions now like are people who have Kako in their Twitter names it is a lot for sure and like just like what like what happens if like on draft day not only is it not Kako but like he's now a New Jersey devil like and then it's Hughes like yeah like that just that's just gonna create like a weird feeling for Rangers fans I think just because like and like I get it right like I totally get it uh, like just like but like for two months like people are just gonna be like penciling Kaku into the lineup and like preparing jersey orders and like, I mean you know what you know what I mean like just people yeah, are wait, like, wait on that stuff people are internalizing the idea of Kaku and just like what happens if it's not him you know and then it's just gonna be a weird feeling for people I think they'll get over it once they see Hughes play but you get my point I do Adam Herman, thank you so much for joining you can follow him on Twitter at Adam Z Herman relatively straightforward um, Capo Kako you have anything you want to plug? Um, no, just again, we're going to have draft have to. draft profiles, draft rankings, top 31. Uh, and that's just 513. About, yeah, I think May 13th uh, is our planned start date for that. Um, other than that, like we should continue to have Hughes Kako coverage on Blue Shirt Banner in the coming weeks and such. And... Yeah, it should be an exciting time. It's just, it's an exciting time to be a Rangers fan. I it think. is, and and Very I think exciting. the fans deserve it. Like because one, the Rangers have been like pretty honest in the rebuild. Like this isn't Edmonton, you know. Like it's been an honest effort to try to win games and such. And and two, like it's it's, it's been kind of miserable to be a Rangers fan the last four years or so. Yeah, it really has five been. years maybe. Uh, so so yeah, not f- not five years. Five years ago was the cup, but. Three or four years. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's nice to have something to be excited about again for Rangers fans. So, yeah. I like that answer. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Subscribe. Leave us five stars on iTunes. Uh, leave a nice comment. And um, Mike as well. Thank you.